everyone, and welcome to Drunk Musicals. I'm Julie. I'm Jenny. I'm Roseanne, and we are Three, Three Drunk, Drunk Redheads. We are here to break down some of your favorite Broadway shows. We'll be bringing you history, trivia, and plot descriptions while also getting sufficiently toasted. Please be advised that this podcast will contain adult language and themes not suitable for children, as well as some drunk singing that's not suitable for anyone. All right, everyone, places! Thank Thank you, places! And enjoy the show! Welcome to Drunk Musicals. Um, We're here. That was quite an intro. It was really, yeah, it was really inappropriate for you to have your ringtone playing. I'm sorry, guys. I was getting, I was getting a phone call. I'll I'll silence it now. Oh, that would actually be a really good ringtone. That would be really good. (laughs) Although my phone never not on vibrate, so it would kind of be pointless. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Woo! Welcome to the show. Can you guess what show we're doing? I wonder. <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> the Little Mermaid. No, Tarzan. No, still not. No, it's Mulan. Mary Poppins. But there's not a stage version of Mulan yet. There will be one day. There will be. There should be. We'll see. But that's there not it, because we're doing Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And you guys yeah. are Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys are familiar with that. It tells the story of a cold-blooded prince who's been magically transformed into a beast. I don't know what voice this is, but I'm a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, the kid who was the bully in like an early 90s movie. Yeah. <laughs> and if he wants to go back to his true human form, he has to learn how to love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also kind of sounds like you may or may not be about to start rapping. <laughs> like like early 90s rap. I, mm-hmm. I'm really upset because I, I feel like I can't deliver. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So welcome to Beauty and the Beast, Beauty everyone. Yeah. It's not all about um, the beast. There's a beautiful no. young woman who also plays an integral part in the storyline. And what's her name? Um, Jasmine? Um, Ariel. <laughs> Wait, I. Her name means beauty. What? What's the French word for beauty? I. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, it's, ça c'est très belle. Très belle. Ow! Chat. That's it. We got oh, it. Like chat. <laughs> That's the word Which for means, cat. <laughs> I know, but it's so fun to say. Chat. chat. <laughs> I just taught my son how to talk, uh, uh, count to five in French, and he's very excited about it, and he does it like ten times a day, and it's adorable. That is cute. Share. Anyway, this is relevant because Beauty and the Beast is a story that takes place in France. Whoa. Yeah. Oui, oui. Ha, 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 ha. Marie, the baguettes. Hurry the baguettes. up. <laughs> Hurry up. Oh you my know god, it's I can't wait to talk about my because they call them baguettes. Yeah. I I can't wait to talk about my dream role later. Your dream role? Are you the lady who needs six eggs? Yes. <laughs> I my, knew it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited to tell you about the role I played when I did the show. Spoiler alert, I did the oh, show. Oh, God, I can't wait. Um, I can't wanna intro, wait. It, does anyone want to give a brief intro, though, in case somebody's totally lost? Oh, listen. I thought I did that we when did I was doing most my of weird voice. We're talking about the Beast. I was He's got to learn how to love. Guess what? He runs into this beautiful young woman who loves to read. He just happens to have imprisoned her in his enchanted castle. And who knows what's going to happen. Amazing. Hijinks ensue. Um, there's a candlestick. There's a clock. A feather duster. They help them fall in love. And then there's a jerk who tries to stand in their way. And what's going to happen? We'll see. I always think that maybe he'll die from salmonella. But it never happens. No. Oh, because of all the eggs he eats. Yeah, they're raw. Yep. Yeah. Maybe one day. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. So what's everybody drinking? That's it. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'm get started. Oh, Roseanne, what are you drinking? No, I'm not. I won't get started. <laughs> I was just. Um, I'm simple. drinking. So, I was yeah. No. So Fine. Jenny, I feel like I feel like you already blew your load. Sorry. What are you drinking? I got excited. I'm drinking wine. <laughs> that's it. Um, Lacroix, I believe, came out with a new flavor. And it's lemoncello. So mm. I'm having a lemoncello LaCroix mm. with a splash of gin. Some gin. I bet the juniper goes well with that lemon. Mm. Mm. Sounds yeah. delish. Yeah. I didn't like the limoncello flavor. I was really but It was okay once I, I want to try it. I can't try I didn't it really right like now it. because we are still recording remotely. And so I am not it's in Rosemary's house where the LaCroix is. Yeah, unfortunately. Otherwise, I share. I know. Maybe our next one. We're supposed to be going to Yellow soon, PA. Maybe we could record <gasps> in my backyard. Yes, we might be able to have a small gathering because there will definitely be less than twenty-five of us for sure. I actually was going to like text you guys today and just be like, "Can we just do this in Jenny's backyard, please?" <laughs> 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 I need to leave my house. <laughs> I don't think we could. I will go sit in Riker's treehouse. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, sure. And um, sound uh, quality might be a little weird. There'd be birds on it. Yeah, that would be very fitting for Beauty and the Beast. Any Disney movie musical, really. You yeah, get the seriously. Sounds of nature in there. It's It'd true. be more realistic. There's always birds. There's always birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Julie, what are you drinking? Julie, <laughs> I am also drinking wine. Still classic. <laughs> Red wine. Ah, uh, yes. But if, don't forget, we did also have our inaugural shot beforehand. And I believe we all have. Yep. We did have our inaugural shot. Whiskey or uh, mm-hmm. Julie had SoCo. SoCo. Mm. Yeah, good times. So we know what mm-hmm. we're drinking. Let's talk about Beauty and the Beast, guys. Hey, so like. This was some really good research that I did. Mm. So, like, it premiered on Broadway on April 18th, 1994, which was my 10th birthday. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I felt like we really needed to talk about the importance of this date and my birth. So, if you guys want to add anything about how you're happy I'm alive, I'd like to hear it now. I'm very happy you're alive. So happy. It's all right. (laughs) I'm just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe on April 18th, 1994. (laughs) Let's see. I think I was five. 
So maybe I was thinking, man, there's just something missing from my small five-year-old life. Mm-hmm. Could it be, could it be a 10-year-old friend? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I yeah. was in no, middle seriously. school. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discover for many years. Mm-hmm. I'm the sure journey I was I thinking, man, I wish I had a younger friend who was still in yeah. elementary school. That would be really cool. <laughs> It'd be really cool to have a friend who's in like fifth grade. Yeah. yeah, no. And I remember that birthday. I have a picture. I remember my mom gave me a really bad perm. Oh, no. So like the picture's like oh. bad. And I had like bangs and the ba- the bangs were permed. Oh, God. And I mean, I think for research reasons, if we could find this picture, yeah. it would help I don't me e- visualize I don't it. even know where to look. I know it's at my mom's house. And then I think someone gave me 10 ones in a card. And there's a picture of me holding like all 10 ones. And I'm like so fucking happy about it with my weird ass bangs. And like, I didn't even know Beauty and the Beast was premiering that night. And here I was happier than a pig and shit holding 10 ones, smiling with my weird bangs. Did you know about Beauty and the Beast when you were 10? No, no. The Broadway production? I didn't know. Had you seen the movie? Yeah, no, I was obsessed with like Mm -hmm. the the Disney Renaissance movies. Mm -hmm. Whenever- Uh. Any of them came out. My grandmother would always buy it for me on VHS. Yeah. But I was not, I mean, like, I always liked movie musicals and musicals as a kid. But, like, I I, I saw The Wizard of Oz when I was in, like, kindergarten because the high school put it on and, like, they did a free show. And that was it. And then I saw a really weird production of The West Side Story that I didn't even understand what I was doing there. But anyway, yeah, I had no clue. Well, and so, and so, uh, and we might talk about this a little more later, but maybe not. Um, This is one of those movies where, and we're talking about the cartoon, the Mm -hmm. the animated film from 91, Mm -hmm. I would say. Not the live action film Um, starring Emma Watson? I did that with (laughs) Ellie. Really? We're not talking about live action film, and and it's because I know people don't like it. I kind of liked it. I don't feel like defending it. <laughs> I like it. I, like it too, I, feel and I didn't hate whatever. it. Whatever. And we're not. We're, we're just not hating. That's just not what we're talking about today. <laughs> well, because so, that was so the much animated after film for those of you who don't know the animated and the Broadway version. It's like it's not relevant. No, anyway, it's true. Let's talk more about the Broadway version. So yeah, the, so it opened oh, on so, Roseanne's tenth birthday. Sorry, Julie. What were you gonna say? What I was going to say was just that um, a lot of people comment about the Broadway show that, like, this is one of those movies where, like, when you saw the cartoon, like, it was basically, like, they were, it was almost like they were animating a Broadway show. Like, it's probably one of the best Disney to Broadway um, productions because of the way it was written and how it translates so easily to Broadway with, like, the production numbers and the aesthetic of it and we're probably gonna talk about a little bit more because we're gonna talk more about like the inception of it like jenny Mm -hmm. was about to to, to discuss um but howard ashman um uh uh, died during the production of the film but he had a lot of input into this uh with alan menken as Mm -hmm. well but because they he helped kick off the renaissance um and then unfortunately didn't get to see the fruits of his labor but Ashman and Mencken were like peak Disney Renaissance and their shit was just so amazing. It was so good. I actually, um, sorry, I read yeah. somewhere to go along with what you were saying that um, when they were working together, it was like they were, they stopped writing music for cartoons and they started writing musicals to be in the cartoon. So instead of writing just like a song for a 
cartoon idea, they started turning the cartoon into a musical. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will actually say about the live action before we cease talking about it forever. Um, I forget who the director was because we didn't research the live action at all. But apparently the director or somebody very early in the production process, originally it wasn't going to be a musical. And one of the main things the person said is they were like, you have a show that has a number like be our guest in it. And you're not going to have it be a musical. That would be a really stupid decision. Yeah. So they changed tracks to have it be a musical. Because to me, this story can't not be a musical. You know, like there's other shows like they did Cinderella so great. It doesn't need the it, the music's great. Don't get me wrong, but like it was so successful without it. Mm-hmm. But like they couldn't do that with Beauty and the Beast. It just doesn't. It's not the same. No. Anyway, agree. Totally agree. With the rest of the actual facts. Okay, so it opened on Roseanne's tenth birthday on Broadway at the Palace Theater, and then it ran for five thousand four hundred and sixty-one performances over the course of thirteen years. So it closed in two thousand seven and became Broadway's tenth longest-running production in history. Hey, so awesome. uh, we're not going to spend too much time talking about performers, but just a couple people you will know. Susan Egan, very famous for originating the role of Belle on Broadway. Um, you probably also know <laughs> her from Disney's Hercules. Um, and Tony Braxton. Interesting. Yeah. Well, when I was doing research, I found out that they actually wrote a change in me for her. Oh. And then after that production they decided that they loved the song so much that they would just keep it in there so Mm -hmm. that's where that song came from for for tony braxton yeah okay just sorry oh yeah 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 so yeah they they yeah for tony that's really cool cool yeah uh other notable names you'll know terrence mann gary beach and patrick page this is i love this story this is so cute i love it so during the first tour patrick Page played Lumiere and Paige Davis. The, all the pages confused me, but all the page. She was playing Babette, who it, and um, they met on tour. They fell in love, and they ended up getting married. Is that is, like, is that and more cute, is Paige equally Paige. as cute, or less cute than um, than the Prince and Cinderella from Into the Woods? It's oh. equal cute. Equal yeah, I cute. Think so. Because I think now she, they're cute. married, and her name is Paige Page. Yeah. Her, her name could be Paige Page. For those of you who don't know who Paige Davis is, she is mostly known for being the host of a TV show called Trading Spaces, where people would trade bedrooms in their houses, oh, and yeah. a designer would come and do them, and usually one one of them was, like, awful, and they hated it, <laughs> and Paige had to awkwardly be there to, like, smooth over the situation. I only found out, like, last year that she was married to Patrick Page, because obviously... She probably didn't legally change her name because her name would have just been Paige Page. But I'm a yeah. huge Patrick Page stan. I think we all stand three of for us Patrick yeah. Page on this podcast. Yeah. He's just amazing. We, we talked about, I feel like we talked about in one production how like his voice has a direct line to my vagina. Oh my God. It's, it's, <laughs> the things he can do with his voice, like from singing, like from singing songs like Hellfire, which oh. it's not like a tenor song or anything like that, but like it does have like, really like it does have some pretty high notes especially for like a bass mm-hmm. at the end and then singing something like like hey little songbird from Hades Town, mm-hmm. like that just reaches yeah. into your soul like oh we can talk about him we'll talk forever, about him when we, we should, inevitably do a, one of those two of shows yeah <laughs> yeah i think hunchback might be might, might, might be showing up sometime hey, in the you, near future i feel like that's a, it's on our list 
for yeah. reasons. It's, it's in there. <laughs> for reasons. Okay, so and, let's... Um, and Jenny and I, were we had plans to try to go see Hades Town. Oh, we did. Not oh. going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. It'll happen. It will. One day. Hopefully. So, yeah. guys, let's talk about our personal experiences with the show, Beauty and the Beast, the stage show. You can talk about the movie, too, if you want. I don't care. I'm not going to be picky. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> okay. I talked to that, like, I don't know. Like, I saw it in Philadelphia with my mom and really enjoyed it. And I'm really happy I saw that production because I saw a high school version before. And I'm not, like, shitting on high school performances. But, like, we were talking about it earlier this production did have some issues, especially because the Beast had some issues with his costume. Yeah. And Belle ended up going on stage when the wolves were supposed to be attacking her. And he never showed up to save her. So she just basically, like, started beating the shit out of these poor wolves on stage with, like, a branch that was there. Like, I just remember leaving and being like, oh, Okay. That was another way that could have happened. But yeah, no, I, yeah, seriously. Like, Belle realizes she doesn't need the beast. And she goes back to her home with her father. That's a different musical. Maurice. I couldn't remember his name yet. Poor Maurice. So anyway, um, yeah, like, and and the story never happened. old Maurice. (laughs) Right. End of story. She goes back. Yeah, she goes back and she's just like, hey, this weird thing happened to me, but I'm actually really strong. I killed these wolves. (laughs) um but anyway so yeah no I love the show yeah okay cool so I saw the Broadway production in I I think it was 2004 when I saw it on Broadway with uh starring Christy Carlson Romano from Disney and I didn't know who she was oh shit yeah (laughs) she's a Disney personality she did some show I don't know what show um so I knew her name when I saw it, but I didn't know I, – I hadn't watched what she was on because that was yes. after my time. So um, – but she was good. She, I remember she cracked on one note, and it was very embarrassing, and I felt bad for her. But everything else was Ooh. lovely. And the Beast was – I don't remember the actor's name, but he was the guy who played Officer Lockstock on in You're in Town in the original cast. He's he was good, but I I remember thinking it was really odd because he was much older than Christy Carlson Romano, much older, but still quite a good performance. Nothing like Broadway for a show like Beauty and the Beast. So that was wonderful. And of course, I was like, you know, I was born in 1981, so I was like the exact perfect age for the Disney Renaissance films. So as soon as Little Mermaid and yeah. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, like that was my prime childhood ages so I was of course obsessed with Beauty and the Beast as a child um I always was a little mermaid stan like first my first and foremost but Beauty and Beast was always second it's always my second favorite I love see I'm I'm reversed so Beauty and the Beast was always number one for me and Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid was always number two but like a very close number two they're so close and it's just because of mermaids I mean you know as a little girl (laughs) Yeah. mermaids it's hard to beat mermaids yeah. but also, i feel I like cinderella was in there for me too and i like that Sleeping was like my beauty third. a lot yeah but that was older jen you know like of the films yeah, that were definitely. coming out when we were kids aladdin was of course amazing and i loved aladdin lion king also but for me it was like beauty and the beast and little mermaid 
always. But yeah, yeah. I've never done the show. Roseanne, you you never did the show, right? No, but I really want to play the I, I Need Six Eggs Lady. And that's <laughs> the only time I want to be on stage. You just want to come out for like, I Need Six Eggs. You know how like in, how in like Les Mis, um, what's her name? I can't think of her name. She only Yeah, thank you. She has like her one big scene and then like she's dead and, she and dies. that's it. Yeah. That's how I want to be treated when I play. Okay. The I need six eggs lady. And then I want my own bow at the end. And like everyone's just going to be like, oh my God, that poor woman. She got a break. She got her break. She needed six fucking eggs. She just needed six eggs. I think of all the Disney princesses, I have played Esmeralda in the past, but she's not technically. She counts. She's a princess. She counts. I think Belle is probably the next most likely Disney princess for me to play. I remember when I lived in New York, I was auditioning for Disney a lot. And because I was a young girl who loved mermaids, I always wanted to audition for Ariel thinking, oh my God, I'd be such a great Ariel. I'm a redhead, but I'm, I'm too tall for Ariel at Disney. So I fit into the Belle category. So that was always who I was actually auditioning for, even though underneath I really wanted Ariel. It was never going to (laughs) happen. So anyway, those, that's my personal experiences. I auditioned for Disney, but I never got cast, and I've never done the show. But I maybe if, I, I might be a Belle, you know, if I were going to pick any role in the show, I'd probably go with that for me. Julie? It's your turn. Yes, so I think this is a Drunk Musicals first. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first show we've done that's a show that I was in. Ah! <gasps> I don't think I've been in any of the other shows that we've discussed before. None of the shows at all? What? None of our shows at all you've been in? No, I don't think so. Like, I was looking through. So, like, okay, Little Shop, no. Carousel, no. Mamma Mia, no. Into the Woods, Brigadoon, Annie, Secret Garden, Six, Sweeney Todd, 1776. Whoa, this is your first one. I haven't been in any, I haven't been in a single one. This is the first one that I've been in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and okay and so here's the thing for those of you who like maybe skipped the intro podcast like the get to know us episode I took a very long break from theater after college mm-hmm. and I've only just recently come back so my resume is is very short for those reasons <laughs> I, I have very few shows on there because <laughs> I only very recently came back and I had very little on it when I took a like a 10-year break so um I never saw this show I mean I was I uh, I graduated high school when it closed, so I technically could have seen it on Broadway, but I just never got up there to see it, and I never saw any other high school productions of it. Not for lack of them being performed, I just never got around to it. So I've never actually seen it, but I was in it. Um, I was like a, uh, I was a salt shaker Ooh. in Be Our Guest. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, I lied. I was, I was a salt shaker in Human Again in be our guest we the way we did it in our school was we had like a we had like a group of dancers there were like six or so dancers and they were just in the ensemble but they were there exclusively to dance and um everyone and then there was the rest of the ensemble which was like we would just like kind of pose around and like bop or whatever um while we did the singing and for some reason i got lumped in with the dancers for be our guest and i think we were like short a person i don't remember why um, so I had to wear a French maid costume as like a fat 17 year old and it was awful. 
but um but i but i but i was a dancer for that so that that, so that was a lot of fun but then they needed me to be a salt shaker for human again which was just <laughs> to date that's my fastest costume change because i they, i was also in the mob song mm. which is right before the right before the battle scene where i was a salt shaker in the battle scene and i was like i'm in the mob song right before this and they were like we'll work it out and working it out just meant that like i pushed up my sleeves dropped my skirt immediately and like walked into like this giant <laughs> box because we rented our costumes and so they came they were like really decent costumes i like walked into like a giant box and somebody like tied a thing around my head that had a big poofy like pillow on it that was like the shaker top yes so that was Julie, like, my do favorite you thing happen to have pictures of this i know i actually looked exist? on my facebook but i don't No, I, I i they probably exist but i don't have any and the reason why is because all of my historical pictures are kept on facebook and i didn't have a facebook until 2006 mm-hmm. i think um and it would have been like fall 2006 and we did this show wait yeah we did this show spring 2006 this was my junior year so it like just missed the cutoff for getting into there and plus like, even if i was in pictures i would just be in the background like they didn't give a shit about the salt shaker well i do i know care about the salt shaker. <laughs> i know i wish i had pictures i don't if i did i would share them i was i that i love that show uh, we did Les Mis my sophomore year, and so I can't say that D&D is my favorite because Les Mis is always my favorite above that. I my mean... senior year, we did Kiss Me Kate, which was fine. Mm. But Beauty and the Beast, I, I, I was like, oh, I was like, I love this show. It's it's the music is gorgeous. Mm. I had such a fun time. I got to like pretend like I was a dancer. For some reason, they believed in me that I had like <laughs> kind of dance skills and could do like a can can with the dancers, and um, it was a lot of fun. Even though I was the fat can can dancer. <laughs> Oh, everybody wants to do um, Beauty and the Beast. It's such a fun show. Oh, I really hope I get to do it again one day. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not a Belle type or anything like that, obviously. I think the best one I could do would either just be ensemble, which would be fine because this is a really fun ensemble show. Um, or I think when I'm old enough, I think I would enjoy being like Mrs. Potts. Oh, um, you'd be a good But Mrs. other Potts. than that, oh, and there was something else I wanted to say before I moved on. And what was it, Julie? Think, think. Oh, I just wanted to share my solo during the opening number was yes, uh, "Those Fish They Smell." Oh, <laughs> which, in case you want to know what the notes are, the notes are "Those Fish They Smell." <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as the "I Need Six Eggs Lady," but it's a little. I think it's like, pretty close. I think that, that, like, I would also accept that role. Um, if I didn't get the role I wanted, which is the eggs. It's pretty good. You would take the fish. Yeah, I, yeah and I would yeah. also want my own Belle still. Sure. You deserve it. Yeah. Like right after Belle. Bells. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Excellent. And um, so anyway, so doing the show in high school was a lot of fun. And it's one of those shows that like doing it in the high school can have a variety of results. Because <laughs> like if your school has money, you might have like good special effects and like fun. If your if your school doesn't have money, you have to be creative about that, or it might also just kind of like look a little silly. Mm. And um and so I'm sure there will be some trickling in of stories throughout. So I'm not gonna you know continue mm-hmm. on here, but there'll be more throughout. And uh, we may have a request for some of our listeners later. So stay tuned. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah. so quickly before we yeah. get to our recap of the show, let's go into some of the legacy of Beauty and the Beast. The stage show 
So um, Beauty and the Beast was basically the really, it was the, the first actual successful Disney musical. So this paved the way for all of the Disney musicals to come, like The Lion King on Broadway, um, Tarzan, Little Mermaid, Mary Poppins, Newsies, which also came to Broadway in 2012, and then Aladdin, which also came to Broadway in 2014. So I was actually exciting. really surprised because I thought that Mary Pop, like I thought Mary Poppins was older than it is, like mm-hmm. the stage show. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, like I don't think it's so much older. He is yeah. much older, and yeah. like I don't know like how I arrived here, but two- Mary Poppins was 2004, mm-hmm. which was really surprising to me because I mean it doesn't seem too long ago, but really it was. But um, and then, yeah, then it was thought... Frozen 2017 or 2018. Oh, Frozen, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it was remember. 2018. I am devastated that I'm not going to get to see Frozen on Broadway because Sorry. it will not be returning after Broadway reopens. Yeah. I feel like I'm it'll actually be back really soon, upset though. about it because I really wanted to see it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it'll go on tour, so hopefully I'll catch it when it comes through Philly. Yeah. I do want to shout out very quickly my friend Corey, who has been playing the genie in the national tour of Aladdin for the last year and a half, something like that. He's super amazing. He's That's an old friend so of mine exciting. from New York. I know. I just rooted for him so much. He's a fantastic talent, and he he just talks so much about how important the role of the genie has been to him and how grateful he is every single day. I hear it from him on the social media, and so I just wanted to shout out my friend Corey because he's fantastic, and I'm so proud of him for being a part of the Disney Broadway legacy. Sorry. It's a really great role. That's my when I saw. Oh, it's, I loved it when I saw. I, 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 Aladdin is one of the few. Uh, Aladdin and Newsies, I think, mm-hmm. are the only Disney Broadway shows I've seen. I have yet mm-hmm. to see. I think the only other one still running is Lion King. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they they know how to do a show, and Aladdin sure was do. very entertaining. I it was it a so lot. good, and the genie was. Yeah. I had the original. I think Aladdin and Jasmine, um, but I, the, obviously the original genie had had left i forget yeah. who i had but um so yeah why <laughs> why don't um you guys all get yourself a new drink mm. and yes. we will come back and we will start off with act one of beauty and the beast yes. Great idea. we're ready to sing Yay. some disney ladies i'm excited hell yeah yeah all i right. need six eggs <laughs> that's too expensive <laughs> <laughs> go get you six eggs and we'll be like right a back full minute after jenny oh i didn't know I, I thought you stopped um i thought you stopped recording and i was gonna i have been singing I'm, oh I'm no we're still recording. recording that's not good we should stop <laughs> there must be more than this provincial life <laughs> good morning bell <laughs> oh, you've got a new book for me to read today <laughs> i gotta stop <laughs> bye On a cold winter's night, an old beggar woman comes to a young, spoiled prince's castle, offering him a single rose in return for shelter. But she is ugly as fuck. The prince turns her away solely for her appearance. The old woman warns him. Oh, God, that's my part. That's me. Anyway... The old woman warns him not to be fooled by appearances, as true beauty lies within. 
only to be rejected again. She then gets mad as fuck and she transforms into this beautiful, hot babe and turns the prince into a hideous beast. She's just like, fuck you and his servants. And he, she's just like, oh, you're a teapot. You're a cup. You're, you're a fucking wardrobe and you are a footstool. You fucks. And now they're all household objects. So Which, then, so unfair, by the way. Yeah, that that just seems like a lot. Like they didn't do nothing wrong, exactly. You know? And then she's just like, "Hey, now all your people are fucking things, and you're ugly as shit." And here, I got this rose, and I'm gonna put it in this glass shit. And you need to break this spell. And the only way you can do it is to learn to love another person, because clearly you love yourself a little bit too much you selfish prick Hmm. and you need to figure this shit out by the last time by the last petal falling and that's the prologue that Hmm. you just heard when that person on the recording fucking interrupted me right (laughs) so that's how the story starts and let me tell you the premise yeah when that shit begins that's that something happens in my like childish heart where I'm just like, oh, like it's maybe like, like, shut up. My husband's looking at me. He's like, he's like, you're dumb. <laughs> and I hear that song and I'm just like, oh my God. I get all excited and pumped. It's like direct from the movie. They're like, yeah. get ready for this. Yeah. You know this. We're bringing it right back to yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember this shit? It's still here. So yep. then all of a sudden, it's 10 years later. Hmm. We skip ahead and. Belle, she's just like, yeah, I need to go to market. I need to go to town and I'm going to look cute as fuck and I'm going to go get a book because I've finished this book that I've read 800 times. And then she starts singing. Wait, is it called Belle? Yeah. Yeah, Belle. Belle. And like, it's the little town. It's a, what a quiet village. That song. Um, except she doesn't sound like a smoker. Um, <laughs> she sounds like a Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. I should do it like, like sing it as a smoker. Little it. town, <laughs> it's a quiet village. Every day, hey, one, little town, town. filled with little, little people. people, waking up to say, bonjour, 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 bonjour. Because in case you haven't noticed, okay, so th- we're in France. Yeah. They say they, bonjour. And I think this is Disney was just like, hey, we'll throw you a bone. We're gonna say bonjour a whole bunch of times, and then you will know the setting. You oh, will yeah. you will know you're in fucking you France. You won't be able to deny and it. And after that, the only person who has a French accent is the candlestick. Everyone right. else is either American or British. One person. Yeah. hmm Disney just does you like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um so during this bell song, we are also introduced to Gaston who is the local hunter and like he's viewed as the town hero all the ladies think he's hot shit the three and... hot girls really oh, like yeah. him those are three mm-hmm. parts in the show that if the you're a girl girls. not many girl parts in the show so the three hot girls are yeah. a good ticket yeah um so they love gaston and they're just like wait why are you going after her and Gaston is really only after Belle because she is beautiful. Even though she's just kind of like plain and like she reads and stuff. 
she's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Well, and I think so, he also appreciates the fact that like it's like she's a challenge mm, you know mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. could have anybody else but like since she doesn't want him he's like wait i want him. yeah oh yeah so i like that hard to get mm. yeah and like throughout the whole song like the whole song is basically like the town just being like i don't get her she's weird as i don't fuck. get that girl she's weird mm-hmm. wait she's reading like what is that reading? um what and she, and Belle's just kind of like, I need to get the fuck out of this town. Yeah. Like, who are these people? These people think it's weird because I'm reading. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Anyway. I always, weirdly enough, when I was younger, I was we used to like make fun of Belle oddly enough for being like, I want much more than this provincial life. Like, Belle thinks she's hot shit. Like, she's too good yeah. for this town with these simpletons. Look at her. Yeah. I mean, I All love right, Belle, like- but. I thought this yeah. was a little bit pretentious. Yeah. Oh, this town's just like, it's just like, you know what, honey? Why don't you just go to Paris? Okay. Yeah. Like, just, like fine. So leave. Yeah. Just get the fuck out. I want much more. She wants much more. This is so yeah. simple. She can't deal. She needs yeah. a palace, you guys. And guess what? It's coming. Yeah. And like, if you think about it, I mean, Gaston, he is kind of like full of himself, but like, yeah. He's not like, wait, maybe he is a little bit. Well, he's a war hero, like allegedly, right? Yeah, I think so. What is this supposed to be like? 18th century France? It's I. I think David did the research once, and it's like the Seven Years' War or something like that. He was like, "What war would he have fought?" Because he, it may not, you know. I mean, this could I could be totally talking on my ass, and we could cut this out because I know for a fact in the film which is the most recent version I've seen. He specifically mentions, like, since I've come back from the war. I forget if he says that in the movie or not, to be fair. Mm. Yeah. But he's revered He's revered in the town. The whole town thinks he's dope. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't, so, like, put her in a prison. He only yeah. loses his mind later, you know? Hey, you know, hey, I, I could write a dissertation on... On why Gaston was frankly done a little dirty. Mm-hmm. So the original even, tale that it's based on but... was um, from 1740. So it's thought that okay, it's around the late 1700s, mid to late 1700s is when this is supposed to be taking place in France. Hmm. Hmm. Which makes sense yeah. because like the he's using the rifles. But there is, like, the invent, like, Maurice is all about inventions and steam. He's using steam power, which is a new technology in the era. So the the things that they're working, the technology they're working with kind of fits. Yeah. So anyway. Like Jenny's history corner. Well, you know, I did have a past life as an archaeologist who specialized in It's important in to place these century, things in history. Century. History. But anyway, so yeah, that's Belle. That's her introduction. I love the song, though. I mean, it's a good song. It's a great song. It's so fun. But that's where the six one... eggs lady gets introduced. Roseanne, it's your it's your role. Wait, what? Oh yeah, it's that's, my role. It's, it's the I six, need six eggs, eggs. Lady. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a fun song. <laughs> and like any girl, like young woman teenage or teenager or whatever who likes to read will hear this song and be like instantly like oh, i am Belle." yeah <laughs> it's me sitting on the fountain 
it's my favorite part because you'll see. And they're like, it's me. I love to read. I've read that book ten times. Yeah. When she meets Prince Charming. Well, and everyone says that's an Easter egg. Like, she meets she Prince meets Charming, Charming, but she wouldn't discover that it's Handel Chapter 3. Aww. And the same thing with, like, um, uh, like, oh, that one, you've read it twice. And she's like, it's my favorite. Far of places, daring sword fights, magic spells, a, a prince, prince in disguise. In disguise. Like, everyone's like, she's disguised. She's describing her own story. But I've also heard people say that, like, she's describing, like, Aladdin, too, which could also work as well. Mm. Describing many Disney movies. Most of us watched that scene and we're like, I'm Belle. I'm totally Belle. Yeah. I'm Belle. Actually, the first chapter book I ever read, ever, was, I think I was in second grade. And we had a book fair and I read a chapter book and it was Beauty and the Beast, like, Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And like, I still remember that to this day, Aww. being a small child, being so proud of myself that I read a giant chapter book and it was all about Beauty and the Beast. I wish I still had it. You did it. it was, yeah. That's cute. All right. So anyway, moving on after Belle and the introduction of the townspeople and Gaston and all that, um, we go to Belle and we get to meet, uh, get a little bit more intimate view of Belle's life. Belle lives with her father, Maurice. Do we get, we never really get a account of what happened to Belle's mom, but she's not there. So she did. In the live no. action one, in the recent live action one, they try, they try to give like a little bit of a backstory yeah. to that. But yeah, it's just implied that her mother's not. She did. I, it's, it's, I think it's definitely assumed. She- yeah. Um. So anyway, so Belle's a really smart chick, and, like, we find this out right away. We know that she's, like, she knows what everybody in town thinks about her. She doesn't care. She really is only interested in taking care of her father, Maurice, who's a little bit older. Um, he's kind of all Crazy over Crazy old Maurice. Crazy old Maurice. And so he's really Let's eccentric. Say, wait, sorry. I don't... I don't... What? I, sorry. I, I literally just needed to share. There's this funny comic that goes around, and... It's Belle talking to her father, and she's like, Father, do you think I'm odd? And he's like, you odd? Like, what? Which are lines from the show for the scene Jenny's about to talk about. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean, odd? And she's like, well, I don't know. I was just in town, and I, like, heard them singing this song about me. And he just goes, oh, I did hear them practicing that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of the comic. (laughs) I just wanted to share that. Continue, Jenny. That's funny. Um, yeah, so she, in the movie version, she goes and you meet her dad, Maurice. In the stage version, her and Maurice have a song called No Matter What, and it's a cute little, it's very sweet, because Maurice doesn't get a song So underrated. Yeah, but he needs his moment, and this is their moment of establishing how important their relationship is. Maurice is telling her that you're anything but strange, you're perfectly normal, you're amazing, um... And so, because they're both very, he's very eccentric. So Belle isn't strange to him. She's like, oh, this is like cool, normal chick. But to the rest of the world, she's a strange one too. So the song is very cute and it's just Belle and Maurice. And he's just telling her that he loves her no matter what. And, you know, he believes in her and all that stuff. Um, So uh, at this point in the show, Maurice is getting ready to go away. He's going to a fair 
um, and he has a new invention that he's going to unveil at the fair. And so uh, Bella's helping him get ready to leave. She gives him a scarf that she knitted for him, and she sends him off on his way. And this is the inciting incident in the movie, is when Maurice leaves on this trek to go to the fair with his invention. Um, They sing a little reprise of No Matter What in the stage show. And then they... They go on with the plot. Maurice is on his way, but he gets lost in the woods. Cue Kristoff. Lost in the woods. I know. I was just going to say that. (laughs) And then Kristoff finds him, and they sing a song called Lost in the Woods. No, kidding. That doesn't happen. Uh, But he does get lost in the woods, and he gets attacked by a pack of wolves. Him and his... uh, wolves. The wolves. They're, They're... devilish the woods of the french the wolves of the french woods they are they're all over apparently they're a real real hassle and so he gets attacked by these wolves and so he's seeking to escape the wolves and he uh, seeks shelter at the most nearby place he can find that will take him in just happens to be a castle hidden in the woods norm totally normal thing nothing weird here so he goes to the door of the castle, knocks and opens it and goes in, and he can't find anybody there until he's searching, and then all of a sudden, out of the woodwork comes a candelabra who can talk. This is Lumiere. Makes uh, sense. Makes sense. Totally normal. Cogsworth, the head of the house, who is actually a clock at this time. There's Babette, the maid, <laughs> who is a feather duster at this time at this time (laughs) there's mrs potts who's a teapot she has a son named chip he's very young but he's a little teacup with a chip in it so cute but um so yeah this is your introduction to the castle and all the characters of the castle and by the way the castle's enchanted and all of the people who used to work there are now household items so maurice is like well this is crazy but Okay, and then the beast arrives. He's horrible and scary, and he's really mad that Maurice has come into his house. And so he just takes him and throws him into the dungeon and locks him away because he's been trespassing. So, as one does, as totally normal. So yeah, as one Mm -hmm. does, he he's just like, "How dare you come into this house, you human!" so he's got a quite a bit of a temper he gets mad at maurice and he puts him in jail so then we go back to town and this is a cute scene where we get gaston in the village who we were introduced to during the bell number he proposes to bell in the show, the stage show, and she rejects him. And this has a little musical number called Me, and it's basically how Gaston's telling Belle how great he is. It's all about him. It's me. The best. I'm the best. So you should marry me. But She's just like, you eat raw eggs. Like, fuck you. Yeah, right. You're going to die of salmonella one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, so she rejects him. And then... um, She's again. the The movie has a very similar scene where he goes to see her, and she's like, "Fuck off!" And then he's like, "Ah, one day you'll see, Belle." Ah. 
And then he stomps away, and Belle reflects on the fact that, like, everybody here sucks, basically. (laughs) Yeah, she she, goes back to town bashing. Yeah, she's like, by the way, have I mentioned how much I hate this fucking village? (laughs) Wait, can I take this moment to just mention one other Beauty and the Beast comic I've seen? Yeah. Sure. There's one where it's... um, it's Belle walking through the town, and it just says, like, there goes the baker with his tray, like, always. And then it's, like, somebody in the town who's just like, here comes Belle with her daily mean song about us. <laughs> True, though. And I just found it very funny, since they're talking about her hating on the town. Yeah, she's very, she's a little uppity. I'm just saying, she's not the nicest about this cute little quaint French village, which I yeah. feel like I would be enchanted to walk through any day. I would love to live there. I could just get fresh bread every day from the baker. Exactly. And... Like, oh, look at how picturesque adorable. this fucking French town is. I yeah. I spent a, a, a while in France, and I was, like, driving through the south of France, and every, you know, 20 minutes, you drive through this amazing, gorgeous, idyllic, 18th century French village, and you'd just be like, are these... Is this for real? Do these people live this life? Like, I would give anything to move to this little village. Like, what the fuck, Belle? Sorry. I just, it's really, it's really nice. But not for Belle. That's fine. Um, So anyway, back to the village. Belle has rejected Gaston. She sings a little reprise of the Belle song about how she wants much more than this provincial life. And then so she ends up finding out that something has happened to her father on his trip to the fair um, because she sees LeFou, which is, everyone knows LeFou is Gaston's sidekick. He's the little short guy played by Josh Gad in the live-action movie, a.k.a. Olaf. But (laughs) so he comes out of the woods, and he's found a scarf in the woods and it happens to be the exact same scarf that Belle knitted for Maurice. And so she's like, what the fuck? Maurice should have this scarf. He doesn't have it. Something happened to him. So she goes looking for him, realizing that something has happened. He's in danger. And she sort of follows his tracks. You know, the movie sequence, she's in the woods, there's walls, blah, blah, blah. She ends up at the castle and she, like Maurice, wanders into the castle because apparently they don't lock the door and she finds Maurice locked away in the dungeon um and at this point you get all the scary introduction to Beast and he's so scary oh my god but he tells her that Maurice is staying there forever he's locked away he trespassed you know he has the right to keep him as a prisoner and Belle which is fucking weird yeah like like like, how does he have the he power has... to make that decision? Yeah, he has to stay here forever. Why? And I know you're about to say the next part, and then I will give no, my opinion in a second. But like, no, like, who made him the king? He's, yeah, you know? Anyway, so, she, as everyone knows, this is how the story happens. Belle is <laughs> immediately like, well fucking my father could die if he stays in here take me instead send my father home i'll stay with you and so she makes a deal with the beast that she's going to stay in the castle and maurice is going to go free and of course 
the beast agrees to that, but he just immediately takes Maurice and is like, get the fuck out. I just feel like there should have been more of a struggle. Like, yeah, I feel like Belle should have just like, yeah, you're going to die soon. <laughs> like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, you have a, a few years left. And I know, like, you wouldn't do that to your father, maybe. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's just so weird. No, it is. Yeah. It's weird. So, anyway, Belle is very, obviously extremely upset by the events of the night. Not probably what she thought she was getting into at the start of the day. So the beast throws Maurice out, and he does it very quickly. He doesn't even give Belle and Maurice time to say goodbye to each other because, you know, as far as everyone knows at this point, the beast is planning on keeping Belle in the castle forever. I don't know what his plan is. It's weird. But he's like, you're staying here forever. I don't think he was thinking that far ahead. I, I don't know. I don't know what his... He was like, you're a prisoner here. I don't know. Who knows what would have happened in a year? He would have been like, are you still here? Yeah. Oh, fuck. But instead of staying in the dungeon, he's like, well, I guess this pretty woman who's staying in my house might as well have a bedroom. So he's like, okay, Val, you can stay in a real room. And so she's like, fuck you, but okay, I'll take a bed. And the Beast tells her she's going to join him for dinner that night. I, I've always had a little problem understanding the Beast's thought process here. I mean, I guess maybe he's just really oblivious to humans and, like, the thought process and emotions that go along with humans at this point. Because he's been living at a beast, as a Beast for a very long time. But, like... Obviously, she's upset. Why would you not think she's upset? And, like, you're just ordering her to come to dinner with you? Like, are you going to just chat? Are you guys going to be best friends? I don't understand exactly what he's thinking. (laughs) But, nevertheless, he's like, come to dinner with me. And she's like, no, I fucking hate you. You're a monster. And you didn't even let me say goodbye to my father. So this is all very similar to the movie. But in the stage version... At this point, the Beast leaves her in her room, and she sings the very well-known song, Home, which was added. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It's very beautiful. Oh, I love this song. I know. I sing it in the car all the time. It's a very good song. Great audition song. Lots of girls, younger women, sing this Home song um, for auditions and stuff. But it's a great addition. I think it's a very good peek into... Belle and her resiliency and her heart and the fact that she's going to take this situation and she's going to try and do the best with it that she can and even though this place will never be her home she's never going to let it take her um, soul away from her she's going to hold on to who she is and I think it's really sweet and I'm a really big fan of the song this was a great addition to the stage version and I love it so, um, and Belle needed more songs, honestly. Belle doesn't actually sing too much in the stage version. She sings the opening and then a little bit of something there. And is that pretty much it, I think. Right? So even at the Tony Awards, like the 1990, um, I guess it was four Tony Awards, they do like a compilation. None of them are Belle songs. They do like a medley of like Gaston singing me and then Be Our Guest and then um uh if i can't love her and then it and then it like swings into the finale 
Like, did you forget what the star of this show is? At all. What? Right? I mean, she's half of the leading bill. It's Beauty and the Bees. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. Weird. She should have been in that. That's weird. Weird. (laughs) I mean, it happens sometimes that, like, I could see if they were like, listen, our big seller is BR. Our guests, right? Yeah, we sure. should do be our guests. The big and then they were like, the "Well, beast. also we should do like the beast's big like mm-hmm. act closer." And then and then they were like, "Well, we should give Gaston a song." And it's like, oh, "Wait, what? it's weird that Gaston's song got added over hers because they add a song yeah. for Gaston and Maurice and Belle and the Beast." And I think all the songs they added were good. They had two songs for Belle. Yeah. Oh right, a change in me, but yeah. No, I think Belle should have been featured yeah, over. Yeah, anyway, weird song. choice for the Tony Awards. Weird choice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, this sequence just ends as Belle is in her room and she gets introduced to Mrs. Potts and Madame de la Grande Bouche, which is her <laughs> armoire. Um, one of the best parts, I, I just love this part in the movie and it's such a fun part in the show and we all have a friend who played the part of Madame de la Grande Bouche in the show and who is now forever nicknamed Bouche because of that performance. And also you can't forget in the live action, it was played by oh. the amazing Audra McDonald. Audra McDonald. <laughs> She's wonderful. <laughs> they got Audra McDonald and they got the tooch. They did. They got the tooch. He played the organ. Yeah. So, it's wonderful. Saying. Anyway, <laughs> the two of them, wonderful characters, both of them. Um, and so they are introducing themselves to her, and they are trying to cheer her up, and they sing a little reprise of the song Home together. And so that's the end of that sequence as Belle getting used to her new situation in the mansion. Boom. So in the show... Um, as Belle is kind of accepting her fate and figuring out what her next steps are, the show shifts back to the town to be like, all right, what's going on back in town? And we meet back up with Gaston and LeFou. Gaston is like, oh God, he's at his tavern, which I don't know if in the show, if it's like physically his, like he owns it. I assume he does because he talks about my favorite line in the song uh, coming up is I use antlers in all of my decor painting. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines of the whole show is just him being like amongst my many attributes i'm really great at interior design yeah look at all my antlers um so he's kind of sulking in the tavern because he had this very public uh awareness that he was gonna be proposing and he obviously got denied which is super embarrassing for him and so lefou is kind of like all right i'm your wingman i gotta like cheer you up so he starts singing the very famous song gaston which is just all about Gaston and his life and how strong he is. And Gaston gives a little bit of his own background about how, like, when, well, as Roseanne was mentioning with his salmonella, you know, when he was a lad, he ate four dozen eggs every morning and now he eats five dozen eggs. And that's why he's huge and he's strong. And he, the silly girls are usually there and they're usually dancing. And mm-hmm. in the cartoon and the live action, he can like physically lift them in it's a so fun. fashion. Like, I all, love this it's, uh, Yeah. You know, Gaston is often billed as a villain song, yeah. um, as it should be, because if this, sh- if this show has a villain, it's Gaston, mm-hmm. right? Um, even though it's not necessarily about being evil, it's just celebrating the person who ends up being the villain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it genuinely is such a fun, like, for me, it's almost up there with, like, Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest oh, gets yeah. it in, like, the showmanship, for sure, but this number often has a lot of dancing, a lot of fun. 
Um, I don't remember if I was in this number. I think I was. And I, most I was of it's sung guess, by LeFou but... and not Gaston, interestingly. Yes, this is like LeFou's like shining mm-hmm. moment where he gets, and I think Josh Gad did a great job Agreed. in the, in yeah. the uh, I did too. I really I liked it. He, he was and a great Luke choice Evans for that role as like good. They were great, and yeah. for those of you, I mean, this is you know a few months behind you guys, but they did this song for um, one of the Disney sing-alongs yeah. with Alan Macon playing the piano. It was really cute. Yeah, this song's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, my favorite line in the whole song, and maybe this entire show, is just Gaston being like, "I use antlers in all of my decorations." Oh, what a guy! As like a plus point. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all celebrating Gaston. LeFou has like gotten the whole tavern to be excited for Gaston, so he feels better about himself and it bolsters his spirits. And then in runs Maurice. He has been freed from the Beast Castle. He somehow made his way back, and he comes rushing in, and he's like. I need someone to help me. I need someone to save Belle. She's been captured by this horrible beast. And everyone just viciously makes fun of him. As, like, well, let's be fair. It sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, Then Gaston is like, hmm. Well, wait a minute, actually. Let's think about this for a second. You know, I don't necessarily believe she's been kidnapped by somebody. But her father thinks that she has which means that he might be crazy well maybe i can maybe i can do something with this maybe i can figure out a way to get Belle by using her father who seems like he's got some screws loose so we leave it at that we're like gaston is kind of formulating a plan we don't quite know what it is yet but we know it involves her father, who he thinks is insane. This is where he starts to, I mean, like, before he was, like, super into himself. But this is where the evil starts. So after the scene where Gaston is clearly beginning to plot something involving Belle's father, we pop back, <clears throat> excuse me, we pop back to the castle. So Beast is getting, like, a little annoyed because Belle still refuses to come to dinner with him. I, I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. He's been nothing if not, you know, a uh, comforting host. Gracious. But, you know, for some reason, for some for some weird reason, she doesn't want to have dinner with him. <laughs> so Cogsworth is the one who has to continue to tell him she says no. Poor Cogsworth. <laughs> he gets treated like shit in this show. So, <clears throat> but anyway, this is when the beast, like, kind of loses his temper, and he's like, all right, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. Fine. You, if you don't want to eat with me, like, whatever, but, like, then you're just not eating. You know? So you either have to learn to eat with me at my table, or, like, you just don't eat. And, like, that's your choice. He Same thinks he's more I use than with a my four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Riker, you can either eat at the table, or you just don't or eat. you are not eating tonight. <laughs> Kidding. I'll give him goldfish. No, so... <laughs> <laughs> Belle is very spunky and she fight she like she she's not afraid to yell back at the beast and so which is a big reason why he just keeps losing because <clears throat> he fights back with her. And so he basically goes and he sulks. He's like, Oh, I can't even get this girl who I imprisoned to eat dinner with me. Why <laughs> is me. life so unfair? <laughs> How dare her not come? Like guys, honestly, what did I ever on? do in the world <laughs> to be cursed to have a woman who I physically imprisoned in my home to not even want to eat dinner with me? 
So he sings this song called How Long Must This Go On, which is actually <laughs> a wonderful, it's a, it's a great song. Hmm. Um, for some reason, I can only think of the beginning lyrics, which is like, how long must this go on? This cruel <laughs> trick of fate. I simply made one careless wrong decision. And then that which was gone. You know, so anyway. So um, it's basically the same. And left me in this state. <laughs> Just different yeah. words. <clears throat> and then, yes. And so, he, yeah, so he kind of, he kind of sings about how, like, he's like, he's tormented by this curse. Because he, he sees himself as, like, making one dumb choice. If I just fucking let that enchantress in the house, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. You know, it's nothing wrong with me systematically as a person. It's just because I made one simple mistake and I'm being punished forever. Yeah. But like, he's very, he's, he's just, he's lamenting how his life has basically been ruined by his own poor choices. And so he kind of just like sulks and is sad about that. And then we pop back to Belle. And she's like a little hungry and she's not scared of the beast. So she like sneaks out of her room and she eventually winds up in the kitchen where they proceed to perform what is maybe one of the best, if not like top five, you know, uh, performance numbers in the history of Broadway, mm. yeah. <laughs> which is Be Our Guest. Oh. I don't even know how to talk about this number because oh, yeah. w- without being totally hyperbolic because mm. it. It's totally one of the best. It's just, it's always got amazing choreography. The music just makes you excited because mm-hmm. it's such a fun song. You know, there's just, you know, it's, 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 it's all Lumiere who's just really excited to have somebody to perform for because he's clearly a very, like, effervescent personality. And Cogsworth spends the whole song trying to, like, keep everybody quiet and calm everything down, which is obviously not working at all. Um and they just sing this giant number about how they're just so excited. They have somebody there mm-hmm. who can breathe life into the castle, who maybe, you know, even though they haven't said it out loud yet, opens a little bit of a window of hope that they might eventually not have to be objects one day, you know, who is stirring things up at the castle. They're just so excited. So they sing this amazing number about how they're providing her dinner and they are just, they're so excited to be useful. Because they haven't really been, you know, I'm sure they're not creating grand meals, you know, for the beast for however long they've been entrapped. Yeah. So after dinner, though, once Be Our Guest is completed, um, they go on a little tour of the castle. Cogsworth and Lumiere are like, yeah, sure, we'll show you around. They end up uh, discussing the West Wing. But they know that she is not supposed to go there. That's the one place in the castle that she was told not to go. So, of course, it's the place that she is most curious about, as anyone would be. Of course. So she, so she does end up sneaking away into the West Wing. And that is where she encounters. Place. I know. That is where she encounters the rose floating in the bell jar. What? So she sees it, and, <laughs> and as she's reaching out to touch it, who fucking shows up? Guess Goddamn what, bitch. beast! You got beast, and he's like, and he's like, <laughs> you don't come into my room. <laughs> he's just mad that she came into his bedroom. Like, the one like, thing I didn't get the pizza boxes off the floor. I told you one and my thing. Xbox is still on. You had to I do. had one roll. Did you do it? How big no. is this castle? 
It could have taken you years to wind up here. There are so many other places to get to. Rule. One rule. She couldn't follow it. No. And so and so he he actually he like he physically shoves her. He like pushes her. And so she's just like pissed off and fed up and probably a little scared. And so she's like, fuck this shit. And she just runs. Yep. She's like, I'm leaving. I, I I don't care what I said. I'm not staying here. These rules are insane you're scary this is bullshit and so she runs away and the beast is like oh god i had one woman in this castle in how many years what are the fucking odds i'll get anybody to show up ever again god damn it god so he sings this song called if i can't love her which is an amazing song. It's a really good like act one closer. You know? he barely and I gotta give them props. Her. They very easily could have somehow retooled Be Our Guest mm-hmm. to be like the act yeah, one closer. Seriously. That's true. No, but they didn't. They were like, you know what? No. They were like, this show, this musical is about the beast and his emotional journey mm. to learning how to love unconditionally and be generous with not just his riches, but his kindness and his heart. And so this song, If I Can't Love Her, if you've never heard it, just go listen yeah, to it. Yeah, it's good. It's amazing. Beautiful. This is the end of Act One, so we're about to take a break, so you yeah. can listen to it on the break. You can. Um, but he's so basically good. saying, he's like, this woman showed up at my castle. I didn't even have to, like, trick her here. She just showed up. Like, this could have been my opportunity. If I can't even figure out a way to communicate, like, a normal person with what seems like a very normal girl, then like I'm I'm screwed. Like yep. I'm like I'm just fucked and like I'm just gonna be a beast forever. And like I clearly can't change if I can't even make this one person who randomly showed up at my castle think that I'm normal and worthy of love and attention. Mm-hmm. And it's very emotional and it's a really good look into um I mean he sings this one song earlier where he's like a little mopey. But this is also just like him realizing I'm at the end of my rope here. This mm-hmm. flower is almost gone. Like I'm almost done. And I just let maybe the only chance I had slip through my fingers and I yeah. scared her away, you know, instead of trying to be a good person and trying to figure mm-hmm. this shit out. Yeah. And we leave act one up in the air with that. She's run away. He's mm-hmm. lamenting that she's gone. And then That's you're a supposed big show to show stopper number. And Get yourself a uh, uh, an overpriced cocktail mm-hmm. and uh, hang out in the lobby and uh, read the bios in your program. Yeah. In your program. For yeah. sure. Yep. See you in a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. Yeah. Refresh your drink, have a bathroom break, or just listen to the maybe 30 seconds of music that's going to play, and we'll be right back. Woo! Woo-hoo! Two, Beauty and the Beast. In the woods, Belle is attacked by wolves and is only rescued when the Beast comes to her aid. But he is injured during the fight 
and collapses. Oh God, no! Not and even me. though Belle only weighs one hundred and three pounds, she is able <laughs> to lift the entire mass of the beast onto the back of her horse. Which Believe. is totally realistic. Yeah, wait, that's crazy. <laughs> Believe. I mean, Listen, I like to think the horse at least, like, lay down. I know. I, I, I believe Philippe could do this. I don't think Belle could lift the beast. I'm sorry. Hot mm-hmm. take. The beast yeah. had to get up there by himself yeah. or by no, magic. Yeah, I agree with that. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. But anyway, this is what we are told to believe. And this is the beginning of Act 2 of Beauty and the Beast. Did you guys know we're back? We're back. We're back for Act 2. And so the uh Oh is... shit. Yeah. Welcome back everyone. Did you notice? Yeah. <laughs> Julie, we're in we're in act 2. It's crazy. We're back in the we're... saddle again. Yeah, Aerosmith. Yes. Yes. Such an Aerosmith fan over here. Me too. Yes. Oh my god. Love him. Anyway, so the beginning of act 2, we start if you remember at the end of act 1, the bell, that bell ran away from the beast and the castle after the beast scared her when she found the rose and she was like fuck this i'm getting out of here so she ran <clears throat> and the beast sang that beautiful heartbreaking song if i can't love her <clears throat> um so the act two starts off in the woods following bell's part now i suppose a beast is singing bell is running through the woods and then there's she gets attacked by the wolves and then the beast saves her so, at this point, Belle has to make a choice. She sees that the beast has been injured by the wolves. He's kind of unconscious, and she could keep running. She goes to get on her horse, and then she's like, No, I have to help him. He's a he's a being with a heart and a soul, yeah. and I can't leave him here. So, she takes him uh, back to the castle to be brought back to health and to be helped by his servants, the people who work in the castle. And she helps clean his wounds, put some bandages on them. They have that kind of cute back and forth by the fireplace where she's mm-hmm. like, well, I wouldn't have run away if you were so scary. And he was like, well, you shouldn't have run away. And then they're back and forth about it. And it's kind of cute back and forth. And then finally they're and like, then she blows, oh. she, then she blows him. <laughs> <laughs> in that big arm the armchair by the fireplace it's real hot in the big armchair <laughs> i guarantee you this is what happens in the porn version of beauty and the beast yeah how many do you think exist i'm guessing at least five porn versions i don't of beauty know and the beast. but i'm gonna look it up tomorrow wait do you guys want to know a fun fact about disney porn of course i mean yeah <laughs> okay so we can cut this, but I'm saying that it's not specifically <laughs> it's not specifically related to Beauty and the Beast porn. Okay, but okay. Uh, the guy who did um, like a TV show called like Jake the American Dragon or something like that. It was like a cartoon on Disney. Um, apparently they like somebody asked him on like a Reddit AMA, like, like how do you feel about like people who draw like porn fan art 
of like your works and he was like oh I knew that was going to happen when I got hired for Disney to do- animate this show they sat me down and showed me all of this Kim Possible form <laughs> to like show me that like that they're like this is going to happen to your oh my show God. and then somebody else was also like hey fun fact a big reason why some animators don't like Disney is because they have this clause in like their contracts where like if you're hired to animate for one of their shows or movies or whatever um anything you create while employed by them even if it's on your own time belongs to them and so some of them would just like draw porn of like the disney classics so they have like official disney animator like porn oh my god i guess and technically disney owns it it's like official technically it's official i mean i guess there's something there that wasn't there before (laughs) wink (laughs) <laughs> Rose, that's a perfect transition to the next song in this musical oh my gosh that's great so from this event in which Belle decides to help the beast and help him heal his wounds and they go back and forth they kind of reach a little understanding where he thanks her finally for helping him and she sort of accepts that and a new relationship is born from this and so the, yeah what does the, he give her jenny oh listen he gives her the best thing the best nothing thing. says you're trapped like this like this gift though is it a yeah. pearl necklace <laughs> <laughs> so the creatures around the house cogsworth and lumiere and all them they're trying to help the beast here they're trying to be a good wingman and let him know how he can make Belle happy because now that she's kind of befriended him and accepted his thanks they think okay well now maybe there's a chance so they help the beast think about what he can do to make Belle happier now that she lives at the castle what can you do what could you give to Belle to make her happy what does she like or oral she loves oral that's it (laughs) So now comes the part of the movie, or show, sorry, when every book nerd out there just creams themselves because the Beast gives Belle a huge fucking library as a gift. I don't know why she doesn't <laughs> run. I don't know why she's just not like, I'm never getting out of here. No, she's dating. He gives her a huge library. It's a sexy-ass library, you guys. It's so big. So big. Mm-hmm. She checks out a lot of mm. books. It's the biggest she's ever seen. Yeah. Some classics in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Beast gifts Belle this library. And this is the moment when, you know, we're all just like, ah, we all want it. Um, and Belle is like super happy about it because she likes books more than anything else in the world. Obviously. And so now there's this cute little sequence where Belle and the Beast are, like, getting to know each other. And, oh, my gosh, they're friends. And they sing the song Something There, which is in the movie. Aww, well known, they're so know. cute. There's something sweet and almost kind. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. That's so cute. And so I it's like kind his, of... Like, I like his part in the song where he's just like, and to think... She shuddered at my paw. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the movie, it's the only time when he sings, isn't it? 
It's that one yeah. verse. Uh, yeah, 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 in the movie. So, yeah. Sorry, so, I more in the show, but in the movie, this is his only moment. But anyway, yeah, um, she glanced this way. I thought I saw, and uh, so the beast and her sing, and then some of the um, little things. What are they? Household items. His servants sing a little bit of that song as well about how they see that there's a relationship developing between Belle and the Beast and maybe there's something there that wasn't there before. And so this mm. leads into a number where Ooh. all Lumiere and Cogsworth and all the rest of these household wait. items start thinking about, wait, what You're forgetting a very important plot point, Jenny. Um, I'm sorry, what? Remember how the beast confesses that he can't read? Oh my god. Sorry. Big deal alert. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell that. But, but my question it's is... It's one of my favorite songs. It's not like he was like, he's like... I don't know how to read. It's not like he was six when he got turned into a beast. Like, he was a, he was a teenager. No, it's really embarrassing that he doesn't know how to read. Why didn't he... Who didn't teach him how to read? He was so arrogant. He just didn't learn. He and never also, learned how to read. Where were his family? I don't. There's so many questions I have about pre Beast yeah. Prince. But she, but she, but she teaches him. How she to teaches read. him how to read. He must be a there fast. Something there. He must be a fast learner. Very fast learner. And like 14 years go by. And he's, <laughs> like, this whole time he's been sitting in this castle. Never once has he thought maybe I should learn how to read. Because I got a lot of free time. I got this. (laughs) He's in quarantine, you guys. I got this library. You think I would just. This is the time to learn a new hobby. Huge fucking library. I've been quarantined for 10 years. But no. I don't need to read. Reading for dummies. He did not focus on self development during his quarantine. But anyway, yeah, Belle teaches them how to read. That's part of their whole relationship development. <laughs> but at the end of this, we are left with all of the servant people who are now living as common household items. And they're thinking, what could happen here? What could happen if she falls in love with him? What if? What if there's a future for them? And what does that mean for us? So they start thinking, if they fall in love, then maybe it could break the spell. And if it breaks the spell, then we could be human again. Mm. Oh, hey, Mm. it's the name of the song. It's the next song in the show. Oh, I love this song. It's called Human Again, and it's sung by... All of the people of the mansion of the palace, and it's actually when, in the movie too. Isn't it? It's in the movie, right? The new, the new movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, right. I don't think it's in the live action. No, they do Days in the Sun, which is oh, kind of like a that's sadder what I'm thinking version. Yeah, but so uh, they originally had, they originally did that. This was written for the original animation, but it was cut. But I think they put it in 
like they had like a bells enchanted christmas mm-hmm. where where they like had a whole movie about like the winter shoes with the beast and i think they put it in there yeah sorry i was confusing that with the other song they added for the live action which is days listen in sun, days in the sun when my life it's pretty it's pretty but they switched out if i'm correct they switched out if i can't love her with that song evermore and then they switched out Days in the Sun yeah, with Human Again. Which I like the song Evermore. It's to, a good song. To be honest. But I'm a little I just don't know why they felt yeah. like they needed to do that instead of using the actual songs from the show. I don't know. Anyway. I uh, agree. On the one hand, really I'm kind of, discuss, of like but... it's kinda of nice that we have these like new songs that are cool, but yeah, they could have just like been like, like hey, If we I have Can't Love Her is a big freaking deal. It's the Beast's song. Oh hell yeah. Why wouldn't you just put yeah. that in the movie? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the people sing human again about dreaming about what it would be like to be human again if for some reason this actually works out and the beast falls in love with Belle and the bell falls in love with the beast and it breaks the spell. Um, and so they're thinking about this when they kind of orchestrate the beast asking the bell to dinner that night. And she says, yes. Yeah. Oh Yes, finally she'll eat a meal with him. Yes, it's going to happen. So, to give them time to get ready, we go back to the village. Mm. And we have Gaston and LeFou. And they're meeting with an asylum owner because they want to put Belle's crazy, batshit crazy dad away in an insane asylum. Crazy. And basically to crazy old Maurice. (laughs) Basically, to blackmail Belle into marrying Gaston. And then they sing a song in French. Maison des Lunes. I love this song. I gotta be honest. It's one of my favorite in the entire musical. Yeah, that's not how you say it, though. Maison des Lunes. Maison Maison des Lunes. If I could play a gender Mm -hmm. bent role in this show, I'd probably want to play Monsieur Dark. That's so so fun. Yeah. One of my favorite parts in the song when he's like, Oh! 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 Okay. Yeah. So cute. I'll let you do it now. So, um, we're just there quickly, and then, hey, they're ready for dinner. So we're back in the castle, and the Beast and Belle they go to this lovely dinner. This is where you see Belle's yellow gown, yes. where they do the dancing in the ballroom. He stinks. He sticks a pinky up her butt. You know that whole surprise. Thing pinky surprise (laughs) and then while he's doing that to her mrs potts she's watching she's watching it all and she's singing about beauty and the beast and this is where you hear that song beauty and the beast beauty and the beast yeah that's the one um so things go great i mean they dance they eat they eat. Belle got a pinky up the butthole. Mm. So the beast who plans to tell Belle that he loves her is just like, hey, you're happy, right? <laughs> you're happy here, right? Yeah. And she's just like, yes, but I like things have been going really great. I love the library. Your table manners are getting better. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really miss my dad. Um, and he's just like, 
well, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I have this magic fucking mirror. And if like you want to see him or anything, you can fucking glance into this chumpy and you can see whatever you want. And, and she um, is just like, show me my father. And then all of a sudden she sees that Maurice is sick and lost in the woods with Kristoff. Just kidding. And she's just like, fuck. Oh my God. My dad is sick. Um, I need to go. And the beast is just like, there's only one petal left on the rose, John. And the beast is just like, there's only a couple hours left. And he's just like, you may go. So he lets her go, which is like really an act of love. No. You know, like, like this is such a turning point for his character. It's insane. Yeah. Like, so not only, not only is he, um, does he want to save him himself, but like he has all this whole staff of people that are fucking objects and he's just like, you know what? This is important to her. I love her. You, you can go. <laughs> well, wait, and, now that you mentioned it, is it, is it, le- <laughs> yeah, wait, hang on, <laughs> let's, let, let's break this down on the one hand. It's selfless of him to be like, yeah, listen, if it means I'll be a beast forever, you should go see your father. But there's but on a- the other hand, he has a whole staff. Should he be like, listen, I should be a little selfish so I could save everybody who happened to work in my castle. Yeah, it's not like he put out a survey <laughs> and was like, hey, do you enjoy being a cup? Because that probably didn't happen. He can't even fucking read. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't love her the reprise 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 mm. reprise whichever um so so you know everyone there's there's still cups there are still candlesticks still a cup. but bell gets to go try to save her dad who's old as fuck anyway everybody keeps giving shit up for this guy but also you know, like, like why couldn't the beast just be like yeah go help her dad your dad and then come back Oh, like, why does it have to be goodbye forever? Yeah. Very yeah, dramatic. He could have been like, I'll come with you. And yeah, help you. Or, I'll come help you. Or he could have been like, I'll take him hey, back here. I got, I got all these cups here. I'll send them out to get your dad and bring like, them back. You the conclusions here. drawn. I got a whole castle full sense. of cups. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they did it wrong. Yeah. Anyway. So, like, mistakes are made. Belle like rides out into the night and somehow she's able to lift her fucking father onto a horse just she's like super she strong she's, she's very deceptively strong do you, think, do you think she does pilates i think maybe no she's a crossfit is it's how uh, she's so strong she's obviously into crossfit yeah she does the roids too yeah um obviously so like she lifts her father's ass the onto the roids. horse mm-hmm. and like instead of going to the magical castle She's just like, let's go back to the village. Yeah. You're sick as shit. And she's like getting him, she's like nursing him back to hell. Um, which just gave me like this terrible image of her breastfeeding him. But, oh, um, God. And, um, oh, I hate that. Grapes of she, wrath? 
Yeah. Jesus. And then she's just like, <laughs> then she's just like, was that good? Oh, I've gone through a big change, dad. Big, big changes have happened for me. And it happened with the beast. Like he's pretty cool. And then we hear this song, A Change in Me, which is, which is nice. It's a great song. A change Written for Tony, Tony Braxton. She, she sang it. So after she's done nurse, nursing her father, mm-hmm, um, the mob arrives. What a timing. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy timing. And of course, it's led by Gaston. And he's just like, we got to get this crazy guy to the fucking asylum. And Belle's just like, um, so my dad wasn't lying. And I stole this magic mirror and probably everyone's just like what the fuck's this bitch talking about and then she's just like show him the beast ah! and then the beast is like near his pedal and he's crying he's <laughs> he's like he's ah! being all beasty so yeah he's being all beast like mm. and people are i'm in a like, rage yeah i'm so upset Take right now and then that song happens and the townspeople are just like, oh, the beast is in this castle that we don't even know where it is. It hasn't affected us negatively at all, but let's go. Let's walk into this castle filled all. with magical beings because there probably won't be any negative consequences because we are just going to go in there. We're going to walk for hours with our pitch lanterns and our torches. And we're going to fucking kill this beast kill him. and the cups. So I, this is a cool sequence, though. I mean, yeah, it's it's, fun. A, it's effective. And Belle's just like, wait, hold on. He's really, 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 really nice. He writes poetry and he <laughs> likes butterflies and he can now hold a spoon that is alive. But uh, hey, like everything's fine. I taught and him to read. Like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, I taught him how to read. God. And she, they're like, oh, here's this girl with a reading again. And um, yeah, I think that this is the time in the story where the writer should have stopped and given a solo to the I need six eggs lady. Um, oh. But that didn't happen. Yeah. So Gaston is just like, hold on. You said you taught him to read and he's nice and he likes butterflies. Well, he, he clicks in his brain like, beast is my competition mm-hmm. i'm going to fucking sing this song with my mob of people and we are gonna go kill this fucking beast yeah so um bell and maurice are just like we gotta beat this mob to the castle i'm incredibly strong i do crossfit mm-hmm. i'm gonna go faster than them yeah. and do i'm gonna burpees. get there and just be like Along the yeah way. i'm gonna be like hey um beast what's your real name by the way uh, <laughs> And he's, he's just like, Adam. And she's just like, oh, no, Beast. Okay, fine. Um, and uh, she's just like, she, she just goes. And um, but by the time they get there, Gaston and the mob, they're already at the castle before Shit. Belle and Maurice did. Shit. Um, got there. So that's that's like the shit's about to hit the fan, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so much CrossFit you can do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you a fucking cheetah runner you know and like and that like and that like i don't know if they use the horse but that horse philippe, philippe. I, don't know, I don't know if that horse 
should be forcing anymore. Philippe needs a break. Yeah. Give him some water. <laughs> I think he's okay. No, because if he was okay, he would have got them there in time. It's he a lot this. for one horse. Yes. Yeah. He's had a big day. Excuse me. It's it's been a really rough couple of weeks for this horse. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I, I feel like they should write on. a musical about just Philippe's like traveling between Seriously. the castle From and the village. village. Like yeah. like the mid the, the 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 midnight sun of Beauty and the Beast. Right. Or like um the movie Up. They came up with like Jug's Great Adventure or something. Oh, I really love that. Doug. Yeah, yeah. So like Philippe would Philippe's get his own great adventure. Philippe deserves yeah. his own adventure story. Yeah. And like the end of it is just like how he's just too fucking tired mm. to carry Maurice and Belle. Back to the castle, and then this happens. The rest of the story happens. Yeah, because he's a hardy horse. He's like a. Yeah. He's built like a Clydesdale. He's not like I a. Was just gonna I was gonna say yeah. he's like a fucking horse. Clydesdale. He's yeah. intense. Yeah, he's I mean, not I built wanna... for speed. This is a pack. Like, he's built for fucking pack. shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, Except he's like pull, he's he... supposed to pull shit. He's like a animal. He's mm. supposed to be in a cart. Yeah, I mean, like Maurice things. had that. That weird fucking invention. Yeah. And Philippe was supposed to carry that invention. He was. And yeah, that didn't work out. My foot is so red right now. It's your turn. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was looking at my foot. (laughs) So, they they arrive at the castle. (laughs) Here, they're, they're there. And they're everyone there. inside the castle is like, yeah, they're, 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 they're there. So everyone's like, oh my God, they're here. So everyone in the castle is like, okay, we got to get our shit together. And at least the way we did it, like I said, I've never actually seen it. Um, is it just shows up with after the mob song, Gaston and LeFou and like some of the people like sneaking into the castle and all of the castle people are like very still in the dark around him. And they all suddenly come to life. And there's this number, it's it's instrumental, but it's like the battle song where like it's Gaston and LeFou and like the village people all fighting with the various Doing the YMCA. Um, cups and yeah. <laughs> and the, wait, have you guys seen that meme of just like, uh, this is for the cartoon where somebody's like, my favorite. This is the battle. Yeah. Sorry. Have you guys seen the one meme where it was from the no no, that was great. Where it was from the cartoon where it was like where it was like my favorite character in Beauty and the Beast is the wardrobe who was just waiting to fuck up a villager with a baseball bat. And it's like a random wardrobe and they've got a baseball bat and they're like hiding behind the staircase. (laughs) So like this is where like there's like um like when I was in the show it was a salt shaker, so like salt and pepper shakers, there's like um uh, Babette has like and they all have like little comedic bits right where like Babette is maybe kind of flirting with one of them and then she like tricks them and Lumiere comes and like lights a fire under their butt like it's semi-comedic with how they're fighting with all the different kinds of um and, objects and then you the start castle. to believe you start to believe in Belle in the beginning where she's just like these fucking townspeople but here we have these guys flirting with a fucking broom you know a feather duster right what Oh, because they're dumb. Is it because the townspeople are dumb? Well, yeah, because yeah, Belle okay. hates the townspeople, and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with Sorry, you, Belle? I apologize. But then you see I them. I didn't get the joke right away. 
And they're like, oh, look at that feather duster. Oh, oh my like God. That. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> look at that feather duster. They're like, oh, the reason my bill's so popular in town is because there's no other women. But luckily we found this castle that has a feather duster. Uh, Several and a feather, feather duster. dusters. I'm going to fuck that. Oof, and then you're like, gosh. okay, Belle. Valid. So they continue Validation. with their battle. And... <laughs> Gaston ends up sneaking away because he's like, okay, everyone's distracted. I'm going to go find the beast. So he ends up finding the beast and the beast is like, uh, he's just too busy being just so sad. (laughs) He's like, I'm the saddest I've ever been in my life. The last petal's about to fall. You know what? Whatever. Just fucking kill me because who cares? Because like when the last petal falls, I'm just trapped with this monster anyway, so I may as well begin. So Gaston's like, all right, cool. Works for me. Mm-hmm. But before he can kill him, Belle shows up. And the beast is like, oh shit, Belle came back. Wait, I might have a shot at this. So he starts to fight Gaston. And so they're like fighting back and forth. Um, And then Beast is going to kill Gaston. Like he has him like on the ropes. And he could very easily just like use his like super strong like claws or whatever to like rip his throat out. But he decides not to because he's like, I love Belle and I don't want to have killed someone. Because he's a good heart. Because that'd be like really traumatic. Yeah. And Belle probably wouldn't appreciate that. And also like Belle is a kind person. So he's like, I shouldn't do it. So he decides to have mercy on Gaston at the last second. And so he just like lets Gaston go and he goes over and him and Belle are like about to make out, which would be super weird. Um, because he's still like a weird buffalo monster. <laughs> he's he just eats her. Is that what he is? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he's just yeah. like he's just like I'm glad you decided to surrender yourself in love to me. You meant as sustenance, right? Nom nom nom. Or no, like he goes to kiss her, but like he gets confused and he just eats her face off. He's like, oh man, fuck. I'm sorry. I've been oh, in this body oh, for so long. I, I never had an opportunity to kiss anyone. I, I don't know how it works. Oh, no, no. My, no, fa- really- my mouth is as big as your face. <laughs> She's just like, my nose. She's like, oh, Buffalo yeah. really is um, kind of the closest thing. Yeah. He's so kind of Buffalo-esque. It doesn't matter whether he knows how to kiss or not because he doesn't get the chance to. Because right as he is about to, Gaston stabs the beast. <gasps> Thank God. He's a, he's a total dick. <clears throat> and then um, in an act of just Disney magic, uh, the beast is like, you stabbed me. And Gaston <laughs> just kind of like, ha ha, I did. Oh no, I fell. And then he dies. <clears throat> um, I forget when exactly it happened, but it is legit a thing where like Disney reached a point where like they didn't feel like their heroes could be heroes if they had blood on their hands so they stopped having the heroes kill the villains and started having the heroes fight the villains and the villains always just like they're just clumsy yeah they just always fall (laughs) um like like back in the good old days like prince philip just straight up stabbed Maleficent, right yep and then in this movie like the beast just like trips gaston and he accidentally falls out of his giant castle (laughs) Oh, oh, whoopsies. Oopsie daisy. And like, you know, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Entangled, it's not like Eugene who kills Mother Gothel. Like, right. she, 
Like it's she told, but like she didn't know her actions were gonna kill her. And then she also like falls. Yeah. Oh no, I fell out of a tower, but I'm really old and my bones disintegrated it's a very similar. <laughs> yeah. It's basically identical. Um so anyway, he falls down and he's dead. And so Belle and the Beast are alone. And Belle's like, Okay, don't worry that you were stabbed. You're gonna be okay. We don't have hospitals or anything because it's the olden times but you'll be fine i'm sure and the beast is like well we you know we we tried we had a good run you know high five and so he's like ready to die he's like he it's actually very moving (laughs) um like he's like at least i got to see your face one more time like he's he's very happy that i feel like i'm just disassociating because if i like genuinely like talked about it i would cry Oh, it's working for me. But I'm like, picturing the beast high fiving someone, but just sighing them to shreds. Because <laughs> you, high you... five! Oh God, no, <laughs> not the broom. So he he doesn't high five her and accidentally brutally murder her. No. <laughs> he tells her, you know, that he's happy that he got to see her one last time um before he before he dies but he collapses he dies she says she loves him right before the last petal falls which i'm curious as to how they mostly do that very on stage that feels like it's a very well. small thing to have to have yeah right mm-hmm. um but because she sneaks in the i love you right before the petal falls the magical transformation takes place <gasps> wait <gasps> it usually involves a bunch of lighting effects definitely some fog machine and then depending on how much money you have, there may or may not be some harnessing, some flight spinning going. I told this story off camera earlier, but I'll share it very briefly right here. When we did it at my high school, we, we, we didn't have a ton of money. We, we spent most of ours on renting our costumes. The music is so majestic. <laughs> um, and the fog machines would go and our beast would basically just kind of like crouch down in the fog and like rip off his costume pieces and it was mostly effective but we definitely had one dress rehearsal where like the fog machine just didn't turn on (laughs) we just kind of crouched down and was throwing off his costume pieces but normally it works very successfully and then after the beautiful transformation music plays and the lighting and sound and fog effects are done he is magically the prince again and his name's adam allegedly true um which is weird him and uh uh, snow white's prince they both like kind of have names but like disney won't officially acknowledge them but like a lot of people call them that what's yeah who's snow white's uh a lot of people claim his name is ferdinand i forget where it came from yeah ferdinand a lot of people claim that it's him him and um him and beast because Beast is commonly referred to as Prince Adam. And I forget why. I feel like there was like a children's book that like referred to him as Adam, but like Disney still swears he doesn't actually have a name. It'd be know. funny if like... It seems silly. It'd be he funny if his name, name was like Bruce or like Gary. <laughs> Gary! Yeah. Like Snow White's Prince. Prince Gary. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Snow White's Prince. Um, Bruce. Prince Keith. Bruce. Keith, Keith. <laughs> Dean, Brett, um, Brett. Oh, Brett. I, I wish what... he. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> Brett. 
I wish he knew. How oh, often we talk about if him. Only yeah, he knew. So anyway, he's revealed to be the prince, and he and he sings to Belle. He see he sings, "Belle, look into my eyes. Belle, don't you recognize the beast within the man who's here before you?" And she's Which, like, "Honestly, it's so beautiful." And she's like, "Who's he? Who are you?" She's like, it is you. And then they make out and it's safe because they're both human. There's no face eating or scratching involved. So they kiss and they're so excited. And then they sing the finale, which is about how they're so excited that their lives have changed. And and everybody comes on stage. The people who were once like (laughs) Cogsworth and Lumiere, they come on stage and they're no longer like objects. They're like clearly people. boys. the holes, yeah, they're real boys and girls. Um, and we, I don't have we mentioned Chip once this entire time. He's kind of very annoying. briefly at the beginning. We mentioned a cup. Uh, okay, I mean, so I, there I, is, I said that cup so, thing so earlier. Chip, yeah. Roseanne said, yeah. "Sorry, you're a cup Chip, now." Chip is a character in the Broadway production. He's normally on like they have like a like a like a serving tray that they just kind of push around and he just kind of sits inside and his head is sticking out of it. But like he comes out and he's like, I'm the real boy. <laughs> and Mrs. Potts is with him. I don't know if he skips the way I just pretend to do him. I, I do I want to just though. give a quick shout out to my friend Pat who did play Chip in on Broadway in the in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's so fun. Yep, when he was I he think was young. Chip on Broadway was one of Nick Jonas's first I read roles. that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cuz I think he did that and then I think he did Gavroche after. I think oh. he did Les Mis after that. Yep. I know a Chip. But yeah, so a good one. Yeah, so Chip is um so Chip is there the whole time also. Yep. Chip, and he's Chip usually played by an actual child. Show. In the yes, show. played by a child. I, he, he doesn't sing anything. He just has like he just has like little yeah, lines. He's a so. cute little kid. He's like, "Mommy, he's what do they kid. mean? What are they talking about, mommy?" And she's like, "You'll yeah. know more." When he just kind of gets pushed around chip. by Mrs. Potts. Go to bed, darling. Yeah. So it'd be funny if they like wrote Beauty and the Beast Part Two, and it was just like all about Belle, like being really disappointed that Adam was not a beast. Like she was like totally. Like- she was like totally like, hmm. into it. He's a little cool too sane for me. Yeah. Um, Didn't live up to the man. Yeah, they're a little too provincial and boring. Yeah. For me. Also, did really, anyone else I like, think I liked that when the... he looked like a buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't so into that. Anyone else think that in the movie, the original movie, when he turned into the prince, you were kind of like, oh, uh. I thought he'd be hotter. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't too into it. I was a little disappointed in TBH. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Oh, he's, yeah, okay. yeah. He's grown on me, but yeah, I expected him to be way hotter. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Sorry. And like, yeah, um, and so they sing about how excited they are about how their lives can begin together and two hearts become one and it's amazing and all the townspeople come in and everyone's dressed amazing and they all sing a kind of reprise of beauty and the beast the end yay huzzah yeah we did beauty and the beast you guys one of your favorite childhood memories brought onto the stage it only took us actually four hours (laughs) Oh my god, you were so right. Whoa. 
Hey, I gotta go eat some Chinese leftovers. Because I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. This thanks is really fun. I, I'm, I'm trying a, to... I'm a beast. I'm a big fan. I, I enjoy the beauty and the beast. It's one, one of my day, favorite I hope shows. It's <laughs> so good. Okay. We gotta go. This is yeah. This has been fun. We are at two hours and one minute. We're gonna trim this shit down. We have to trimmy trimmy it up a little bit. There's there's places to trim. There sure are. There sure are. Thank you everyone for joining hey, us hey, today. Hey, next time on Drunk Musicals. That was my Beauty and the Beast intro, wasn't it good? Would you guys still love me if my lip was like this? Always. It's not. I would. It's not moving. I'd always love you. <laughs> it's not. Um. And uh, this podcast make sure to leave a rating and review to let us know what shows you want us to do and don't forget to subscribe to get alerts when more episodes are posted this show is edited by david m for links to additional show content check out our tumblr at drunkmusicals.tumblr.com or our instagram drunk musical podcast or our twitter at drunk underscore musicals and finally you can email us at we are definitely drunk at gmail.com 